Adobe's Creative Cloud on-demand webinars give you the expertise you need to run a successful team. From packaging a brand at scale to launching a video campaign. In the webinar, Build a Better 3D Product Design Pipeline, Adobe artists unpack the Adobe Substance ecosystem to help you simplify and streamline workflow. Find out more at powerofteamworkpodcast.com. Adobe, changing the world through digital experiences. This is the Power of Teamwork, brought to you by Adobe. This season, we are diving deep into the culture of teams, from the nitty-gritty of collaboration to shared vision and culture. We hear from the biggest names in technology, entertainment, and business. These stories prove that success starts with we. At the sunglasses brand Gooder, fashion and form meet affordability. Culture is unique at Gooder. Everything is animal-themed, from the actual product packaging right down to the company mascot, Carl the Flamingo. Gooder's teams are one-of-a-kind, too. The company thrives on collaboration and an unwavering work ethic. Everyone must be all-in, especially on the customer service team, where Gooder employees drive ticket numbers down, but sales and satisfaction up. In this episode, CEO Stephen Lease and Head of Account Management Ashley Kraft, or Crafty for short, explore how leadership and shared values can accomplish positive impressions for customers and spur company innovation. This is what teamwork at Gooder looks like. Change is hard, but anybody can do it. Anybody can create change in their team and their company and their culture, customer service team, product team, it doesn't matter. Like You just have to get really, really comfortable with challenging the status quo. My name is Ashley Craft. I go by Crafty at Gooder. I am the head of account management and I've been with the company for three and a half years. I'm Stephen Lease. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Gooder. I'm 16% Flamingo and I'm soul bonded with uh, Bosley the Basset Hound who's no longer with us. Long live the king. That's right. Long live the king. And you guys have this unique philosophy and culture at Gooder. Yeah, I mean, we have two core values at Gooder. We have it's fun and authenticity. And uh, so the mantra for fun is we're recklessly committed to fun, blah, 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 sunglasses. That was actually uh, an, uh, our mission for a while. And then uh, our core value of authenticity, the mantra there is if the goal is being authentic and people don't like you, it's okay because we don't ever need to be liked. We just need to be ourselves. And so we are barely big on everybody here showing up uh, as themselves. I don't actually believe in like worth life separation. I think that we spend a lot of time working, like it's work-life integration. And so the ability to show up as yourself at Gooder is very important. You have some special names for what you call managers, teams, and departments at Gooder. Yep. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So a department is called a herd, a team is called a flock, and an individual is called a flamingo. So, you know, we have six departments, which are herds. Uh, We have 22 flocks and 140 people. And then uh, every flock has a, 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 like a, we call like a lame name, but basically it's the name for the outside world, like our design team or our copy team. But internally there's just a fun nickname and every team has a, a, it kind of takes on its own identity. When it comes to leadership, you first tried a very specific kind of organizational structure, right? What was that? And did it work for Gooder? Originally, I wanted to have a completely flat reporting structure. I wanted to have no bosses at Gooder. And it, we tried to do it till we were about 25, 30 people. 
and it worked until it didn't. And and I think the main reason it didn't work is if you have 25 people like Crafty, it would actually work. But it it gets really hard for one person like me to hold 25 people accountable. And so that's when we went to Flux and we tried to keep it still pretty flat there. So we, we grew to 13 teams and all 13 leaders reported to me. And then I was missing things and wasn't doing uh, my job as a leader. So then we reorged in 2021 to have uh, the current structure now where we have herds, flocks, and and people. In terms of the structure today, what does your involvement look like? So I do a number of things. I think the prime thing that I focus on is getting 130 people moving in the same direction. And so that is vision, that is planning. I do a culture talk every other week in front of the company, uh, a lot of coaching. And I am a huge problem solver, so a ton of working sessions. So if somebody on the team has a problem, I will happily get in the room and uh, go. And then also, I'm an agitator, uh, so, I, so that, that also happens too. Steven also sees his role as inspiring the staff on a weekly basis. Like everything at Gooder, their bi-weekly stand-ups are unique. Yeah, so we have an all-staff meeting every other Tuesday, basically. Uh, it's called Tuesdays with Carl, because Carl the Flamingo is our like mascot, and it is a full-on produced event. It's two hours. There's a showrunner, Hannah. We have uh, a stage. Everybody, it's it's a rotating host. So everybody who works at Gooder gets to host TWC um, if you're here long enough. We share financials. Where were we at? Where's our revenue at? Where's our expenses at? We share a real-life dashboard for every department. Where are their projects? Like customer service shares our customer service tickets, their rating. Our DC shares their dashboard. Almost everything at Gooder comes down to these dashboards. One in particular, customer service. That's where Crafty comes in. In 2019, Crafty was hired to be Flock Leader for the customer service team. It's a direct-to-consumer model, and there's a nickname, of course. They call it Squawk and Aw. Uh, Crafty, what's the origin of Squawk and Aw? Uh, oh, so they're parrots. They're known as our customer service parrots because they're just, they keep repeating, we'll yeah. reship your order or check your tracking. <laughs> they yeah. just keep repeating the same thing. Currently, there are seven people on the team. One of them is doing social media. The other five are doing regular inbound customer service tickets. And then there's the flock leader. We Last summer, we had nine people on that team. This is before we broke it off. There was nine people plus me as the flock leader plus two seasonals. So it was a humongous team. Uh, that's kind of when we realized that we needed to branch this off into two different teams. Crafty ran the customer service team for three and a half years. Confidence was key in her leadership success. Initially, when I was hired, I was going to take a full year to be training, and there was going to be the person that was the head of customer service before me was going to mentor me. I was actually given the reins after about three months, and I was trying to fill the shoes of my predecessor until I kind of had a self-realization that that's not why I was hired. I was hired for my expertise and what I brought to the table. So once that sunk in, I was able to start to build a bridge between myself and all my team members and start to build their path at Gooder but additionally build the path and the vision for the team. So as soon as I had that, all that confidence, everything kind of fell into place, which took about a year. Everything just like started to work together. I was building processes. I onboarded some software programs to just ease the customer service tickets that were coming in. I created new roles and I did work with everybody on their individual growth paths. And one of the most successful moments over that whole three and a half years was actually watching five people earn new roles during migration last October. And did you have background in customer service? I was in retail for 12 years, and then I was the director of customer experience at a higher education company for six years before Gooder. 
Ashley, can you give us some insight into how you got into your current position? I understand that Gooder's promotion practices are kind of unique. I just switched roles about uh, six months ago. Um, I was actually lucky enough to be included in the ideation phase of this new role and this new team that I have. And I was also invited to build out what the vision looks like for this role as well. Once the role and the new flock were actually approved, I still had to apply for it just like everybody else. Um, I interviewed with Steven, I interviewed with Dan, and I was still nervous that I wasn't going to get the job, even though I was such a heavy part of even thinking this into existence. All leaders are going to lead by example. I mean, you do not become a leader here if you are not showing up every day doing really hard work. And when you talk about a trickle down, nobody gets to slide. And I'm the harder, I'm the hardest, the higher you are up a gooder, the harder I am on you. And then last year, we did a huge um, restructure and we had this new role where basically we wanted to build out a B2B customer service team. So taking uh, all the amazing work we did with our direct consumers and then doing like a white glove service for all of our uh, retailers and our global accounts. And it's a team of account managers. So Crafty left her role, um, raised somebody up from beneath her and and started this new team. Account managers, the lame name, uh, the, the nickname is Beehive. What's the origin there, Crafty? B is for B2B, so it's just the letter oh, thank B. You. So now we have Beehive, who does business to business, and there are five account managers, I'm sorry, there's four account managers on that team, plus me as a flock leader. And then we will be hiring three seasonals between the two teams as well this year. So both teams offer support through email. The Beehive offers customer service through phones and live chat as well. And then we also have a like bank of templated responses for like frequently asked questions, and they're written in our Carl's voice, as we like to call it, and just to make sure that all of our branding comes through all correspondence. What was the thought process around breaking that into two separate teams? At a certain point, I think it's really hard for one person to lead a team of 10 people, like actually lead them. And, and so we kind of have this method here where we try to not have teams more than 10. And this was just kind of coming to a it was getting bigger and we actually ended up hiring more people. We realized like, oh, we should break this into two teams. Instead of having one customer service team, let's have one direct consumer customer service team and one that focuses on B2B so that we can just get better. So then each team can have a focus and and really like get really narrowed on what they do. And then, you know, it also enables more leaders to be raised up and good or like, you know, Crafty uh, raised somebody up on her team. And so it wasn't downsizing. It was a, it was a strategic move to get better at two different things. Ashley, what is the new team you are on and what role do you currently hold? So I'm now the head of account management for the account management team. And my role is really to make sure that our account managers have all the information, the training, resources, tools, everything that they have to get their job done. So to service our business to business customers. And it's really important to know all of our fun titles. So I'm the beekeeper. I have Mr. World Hive on the team, Royal B and Lil Stinger. And then we have one more account manager that started this week that doesn't have a fun title yet. In that B2B role for team building, what does success look like for this new team that you're building out? I mean, this first year, we're really trying to find all of the issues that we've maybe not recognized in the in the past um, and just trying to get ahead of everything so that we can create solutions for our customers. We want ordering with us to be seamless and easy. And we just don't want anyone to experience shipping delays. 
success for us is when we get minimal reactive emails and we're getting people asking us order suggestions. Hey, I'm about to place my first order. What should I buy? We want people to ask us how to style our sunglasses. And I mean, a huge wild success for me would be even for retailers to request us to go into their store and do product knowledge events with their stores. Steven, I want to ask you about this self-promotion strategy that you have at Gooder. How does that work? Last year, we rolled out any role Gooder when it gets posted. Anybody can apply outside world, inside. Last year, last fall, we had to give a 12-month hiring plan and really encouraged people internally to move up move across teams, move to other things they might want to do. And we've seen an amazing success. Uh, I mean, crafty out of the customer service team, how many people graduated to another team? Five. Yeah, which is amazing. Out of our leadership in general, flock stars and flock leaders, over the course of our entire history, we're like 68% of our leadership have been promoted internally. Now, the thing that's really like promoted is a really interesting word there because Crafty, although she's a rock star, still had to show up and pitch an interview for this job. Nothing is giving to anyone. They have to like legit show up and ball out and like and 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 earn a role. And the magic in that is you find out really quickly how hard somebody wants to work for something. And it's a really breath of fresh air when somebody like Ashley, who is incredible still doesn't phone it in. It still just is like, like, no, no, I want to lead this new team. And so I'm going to show up and rip it from your hands. And that is like the advice I always give you. I'm like, like, I don't care how good you've been. You need to show up and rip this job from uh, uh, somebody else's hands. And, and it's incredible. And Gooder celebrates the movement of people to other teams, right? Is that core in your retention of employees and employee satisfaction? Have you seen any anything like that? We have an amazing culture and even celebrate people leaving the company. But I think that sometimes with a culture like ours, people can make the mistake that it is like a family. It's like, no, you still have to show up every day and crush it. It's rewarding. It's so rewarding to see people live up to what they've been working for for the last year. Jasmine specifically came to me last, I think January of 2022, and said, I want to be the flock leader someday. And (laughs) it's kind of like, oh, well, that's my role. But okay, yeah, let's get you there. And so putting these people on the paths and carving out this thing and saying, okay, if you work on this project, this is going to get you FaceTime with this team. Or if you work on this project, it's going to actually enhance your skills here. And just watching them do the hard work. And then it's really rewarding to see them earn that role. And I've been watching Jasmine from afar and I'm just kind of like, just like gazing over at her, just watching her run this team and doing things that I never even thought to do. And additionally, I I think I just told Steven this, it feels like that team just needed a bigger fish tank and that's kind of what she provided. It's really cool. It's really rewarding to see people move on and just crush these paths that you've carved out for them. Let's get into specifics with winning strategy, Steven. What is Project Golden Gate? Crafty's spearheading Golden Gate, so she should talk about it. I'm not. Uh, I'm just a. <laughs> I'm just a grease monkey in the background. So the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco has a really unique approach to maintenance. You start at one side of the gate and you paint the bridge in its entirety, and by the time you get to the other side, everything's all rusted and everything, and so you have to go back and start all over again. So you're basically going from point A to point B, then you start from point B and go back to point A, and so on. So it's never ending. So. Operation Golden Gate is Gooder's first official B2B outreach program, and this is the one that I created. We're calling each of our specialty retailers, which is about 2,500 retailers in the U.S., and it's just the approach that we're taking with account management. So there's always going to be new issues that pop up. 
Um, but we also want to make sure that we're asking questions that we've never asked before. And what we're learning right now is that our retailers are so excited to hear from us. Some of them are even answering all the questions that we have on our list before we even get to them because they're so excited to have us on the phone. But yeah, so that's Operation Golden Gate. We're going to start from the, the beginning of our book of business and go down to the, the end and then start over again. If you are enjoying this episode of The Power of Teamwork, you'll love the on-demand webinars from Adobe Document Cloud. Unlock the superpower of Adobe Acrobat with the webinar, Five PDF Tips and Tricks, brought to you by Adobe's team of experts. Adobe, changing the world through digital experiences. Customer service tickets are the bane of every product business. At Gooder, one of the key metrics for driving sales starts in an unexpected place at the end of the product cycle with Crafty's customer service team. What is the overall goal of the customer success team at Gooder? I want to provide the best customer service in the galaxy, and that's by getting ahead of reactive issues that will lead to less inbound tickets and just offer proactive customer service. Yeah, I mean, mine would be like to create connection with our customers. Got it. So the core of every customer service strategy is tickets, right? You've got a big strategy to drive them down. Can you walk us through the process from identifying the problem to the approach you use and how you arrive at a solution to mitigate those tickets coming in? Every business should know this. Your customer service team is a glaring admission that you're not perfect right? We have problems with our shipping. We have problems with product. We like, like that's what this is. And once you understand that it allows you to give really customer service and not shame or blame people take ownership. And then for us, we focus on driving those tickets down and crafty could talk to any number of ways that we've done that. I mean, our CS teams, both of them, they communicate really well with each other and also with all the other flocks that directly touch our teams in the company and with our customers. So if one of our teams is seeing a recurring issue, we will immediately notify the other customer service team. Hey, are you seeing this issue too with shipping or whatever the issue could be? From there, if we're both experiencing it, we will reach out to the flock that could possibly help solve it. Or we now have a role, which is a solutions project leader. And sometimes they have to step in and just, it becomes a project. If it's an immediate solve, then that's great. If not, we try to get ahead of communicating with our customers how this could impact people in the future to make sure that we're not getting those reactive emails in the future. How does the number of tickets relate to the number of customers you have? Last year, my main initiative was getting tickets down. And so we were actually down 10% to the year before, but we actually saw a 50% increase in customers. That's a giant number, right? That's a giant number. And then additionally, we actually, what came of last year was the rolling 36 for tickets, just so that we actually have a good eye monthly, quarterly, trimesterly, and annually on where our tickets are and where they should be, just so that we can keep a close eye on it moving forward. Now you said rolling 36. What is that? Most people are familiar with a rolling 12, which is, you know, your, your budget for the next 12 months. And if you close March then you add on March of next year. So we have a rolling 36. So we have a 36 month view of our revenue by channel, our expenses by team, our customer service tickets, how many numbers of SKUs we plan to buy. We always have a minimum of a 36 month view. I wanna come back to customer satisfaction rates right now. Do you have numbers on what are they? Have they always been that good? And how did you get them there? 
So since day one, I walked in the door at Good Earth. Our customer service rates have always been in the 90s. Right now, it's teetering between an 89 and 91. First of all, we never say no without providing an alternate solution for our customers. For me as a consumer, I want to have as little touch points as possible. So that's how I built the customer service training plan over the last couple of years is just to get ahead of the foreseeable questions um, that customers may have. But trying to just do one touch ticket solves is a huge thing for us. So we actually send out a customer service satisfaction score to everybody who interacts with our customer service team. So as soon as we solve a ticket, they get served the question, how is your interaction with our gooder employees today? I was reading some of the good satisfaction ratings that we've been receiving recently, like in the last six months, and they're all just general customer service. It's pointing our B2B customers to the direction of resources. And sometimes it's even just providing an event discount code. Our customers love us because we're helpful. I understand customers love you, but you've Definitely have to have complaints, right? How do you infuse your company ethos, this fun, energetic atmosphere and this culture into dealing with probably the not so friendly customers or the complaints that come in? Steven and I came up with this a couple years ago. I think Steven came up with it, but it's fine. I'm going to take credit for it too. I'm going to take half credit. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to be right. And we choose to be happy. So at Gooder, our replies always start with the solution and then we just sprinkle a little bit of fun inside. Would you rather be right or happy? Like, what is so great about being right all the time? And, and believe me, I'm a person who will find myself being like, what do you care about this? And, and if you free yourself to be happy, then you could just give amazing customer service or be really generous with your friends or not get in a fight with your partner over something stupid. And you're also doing something specific when it comes to employee recognition. What are the Flamingo Awards and how does that tie back into customer service? We do a ton of different stuff. The Flamingo Award, I think, is the crown jewel. We have gold stars. So there's like a channel where we encourage everybody uh, to give gratitude for people at the company. At Tuesdays with Carl, our staff meeting, there's a section carved out for people to, you can sign up and it's full every week to give people recognizing, you, you basically give gratitude. And there, so there's that. We've also just created this thing this year called Herd Points, which Think about it like Harry Potter, like how, you know, a Gryffindor gets eight points. So each department is their own uh, herd. They have a coat of arms and every team gets a certain amount of points to give away every trimester. So just a constant culture of recognition and gratitude. And then at the end of the year, we have a black tie gala. Like think Academy Awards meets Gooder. That's what it is. And it is it is legit a really high end event. Everybody gets dressed up. We let people like expense like uh, a really nice outfit and bring plus ones. And really it came from this place of, you know, when I was a child, a super blue collar family, dad was a golfer, superintendent. And like the one time every year my parents would get dressed up was for his holiday party. And I remember this like vividly. And once Gooder got big enough, I'm like, hey, I want to do something really, really special. And so we created this thing called the Flamingo Awards. Every quarter there's a nomination process. It goes through it. I'm the final decision maker. But the brief is to inspire awe. So one more award that I want to ask about. Can you talk about a very special award, the Failure Award? The Flock Up of the Year, which is, hey, to play big and to do great things, you have to fail. And so every team has to nominate their biggest failure from the year. But the idea that people aren't are perfect is absurd. And we want to encourage like people to play big and fail big. 
thank you, Stephen and Crafty, for sharing the teamwork story of Gooder. To learn more about the flock, check out the Culture Gooder podcast or find Stephen, Crafty, and the Gooder team on Instagram. The Power of Teamwork is brought to you by Adobe, leaders in collaboration for more than 40 years. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating and a review. And don't forget to subscribe. To learn more about the power of teamwork and the guests you heard on this episode, visit our website at powerofteamworkpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.